0: Okay, here we go. Scotty had this terrible nightmare last night. I, I, I'm almost embarrassed to tell you about it, but I will anymore because you know I'm your trusted friend and partner on this side. I had this terrible dream that you were still having trouble with things like auto layout uh, and table view cells because that, that as good as they may seem on paper, they didn't seem that way in, in actual practice after uh, and I was nothing I was powerless to do anything about it and it made me so sad.
1: flattered that you dream about me
0: and then and then it got worse then i dreamt that 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 you decided that you didn't want to do ns conference anymore so that we wouldn't have a place to be able to commiserate about these things and i wouldn't have an excuse to go to sunny lester after next year and i'm so but good thing that's not happening
1: john you just live in the world of the prophetic <laughs> right. or was that the pathetic <laughs> pathetic the i other. think she <laughs> <what you> said
0: <laughs> but you know what? only a little bit of golden happiness appeared in my life is, is, go on then tell well, me well you know our good friend Jeppy from Invasive Code Invasive Code Invasive Code everyone loves Invasive Code uh, everybody loves Invasive Code that's right so you know this is maybe a little known fact about him but he's actually a very talented fusion jazz guitarist and I've been giving him grief for, for the last couple of years as I've gotten back into playing music and have a nice studio and we're now on on rehearsal studio number three and I would have to believe it's the best rehearsal space in San Francisco it's, it's really quite nice and uh our our guitarist had to bail out so i said no problem i will go bring a guitarist and some food which i did and i brought along jeppy and jeppy strapped on his guitar and he has one of these crazy guitars this steinberger guitar i know this has nothing to do with our show but there are a lot of musicians out there so he has this crazy steinberger guitar and that's you might know that is the the one that doesn't have a headstock so it looks quite weird um and uh, he it turns out that, that after I tweeted him and gave him grief about it uh, with a picture on Twitter, he says, no, no, it's Alan Holdsworth guitar. Now, Alan Holdsworth is a Brit, is he not? Isn't he kind of somewhere down the road from you? Do you know who he is?
1: No idea, John.
0: Ah, oh, OK, forget it. I'm going nowhere with this. All right. So anyway, but it's nice to I think that. You know, there are all, are all these
1: studies that say... Just because I have no idea doesn't mean nobody else does. That's true, but he's yeah, it's fairly... just I'm ignorant. He's fairly obscure. But anyway, uh, what I was going... To, what, well, well, reveal us to then. Don't just leave well, us sat he, there a being super, a mystery.
0: He's this super fusion jazz guitarist who... He has a particular style of playing that sounds like a, like he's playing a saxophone. He plays very legato. And as it turns out, uh, I read up about it. It's just because he wanted to play saxophone originally, but he had to do with guitar. And so... Uh, Anyway, so he was famous for for playing this type of crazy guitar, and so I guess Jeppy's thinks that by having this guy's guitar, he'll play like him. And I have to say, he does play like them. So we should all convince Jeppy to play. And and the serious point about this is that there are, I know a lot of people who are software engineers who are musicians, and they tend to let it go. Don't let it go, because uh, even if you just play for the the fun of it, it's amazing the, the the energizing, positive effects it has on your work the next day. It just it lights up your lights up your brain in ways that you forget so don't 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 pass up the opportunity to have this enjoyment in your life all right that's the end of my public service announcement
1: so you guys going to do a wwdc gig that would be fun i have to say it would be fun
0: but uh no i don't think so but maybe I can convince him to come out and play again, and we can have like the Jeff. You know, if we think about the talent that exists, that's part of the universe of of, of this uh, podcast, because we could. You know, we are actually playing at our, our bass player's, the co-owner of a nursery out. Uh, you know, out on the water, and uh, it actually used to ho- how you know, on the property was this like. You know, the the last remains of what was this just brutal, uh, heavy metal club that was out so far in the middle of nowhere, it's kind of a reputation as a, as, a, as a kind of a very mean biker bar, and they would have, have way too many bands for one night, and would be always way overcrowded, and, and it was kind of a no-go place, but people went anyway. Um, so it's on that place, and because it's out in the middle of nowhere, we can play music. So my dream is to be able to have Jeppy to play with, and then to have uh, uh, Jonathan White, who's the spectacular cook, cooking outside for us on a sunny perfect day and whoever else would like to join along so this is this is the thing if you're listening to this podcast and you have a particular skill um, you should tell us about it so that sometime over wwdc for those who are around maybe we could have this grand party uh to celebrate the community that we exist in how about that
1: that sounds cool john i look forward to uh to attending yeah i have nothing to offer but there we are
0: you could be the community um, manager okay <laughs>
1: Is that the name they give to the, the job that no you know, nobody wants? Then <laughs> you can't think of a, anything this person can actually do. On, you can be the community manager.
0: He should be on special projects, permanent assignment outside the company. <laughs> yeah.
1: So if you're out there somewhere in a startup uh, with all your friends and you are the community manager, you know your friends didn't want to get rid of you, but they had nothing else for you to do. <laughs> if you're the community manager, please write to us and let us know that you are community manager of, and we will send you a sympathy card. All right. <laughs> oh, you mentioned auto layout about twenty minutes ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll start off. So a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned I've been um, using auto uh, UI table view um, cell sizing from iOS eight. It might have been iOS seven. I don't know. It, it's it's recently anyway. Um, and that re- requires auto layout. So just as a quick recap, you you set you have to set your um, UI table view cell, your custom UI table view cell up using auto layouts, and then. Um, It's UI table view allows the cell to sort of sort itself out in size and then it auto-sizes the place it's going to put it and and everything's nice and you don't have to have all your um, size for row or anything like that, methods implemented and do all the math that you would normally have to do or put any cells into the background to do it or anything like that and it's really good and actually that works really well auto-layer is still a little, um, let's say, you know I'm getting through quite a lot of chickens and sacrificial dances <laughs> um, but um, you know to, to do it and it it's I think the whole constraint system makes sense and it is I think it is still definitely a very very difficult challenge of making it work in the UI um, it's it's a lot better when, when auto layout was first introduced um, Xcode would not allow you to have an invalid set of constraints at all um, which meant it will keep throwing constraints in every time you do something, and it was just almost impossible to use. Um, whereas uh, I'm not sure when it came in, whether it's Xcode 6 or before. I can't remember anyway. Uh, Xcode now does allow you to have invalid um, constraints, and it sort of tries to to show what's going on in it. Which that's really actually a really really difficult UI. Um, Task to do how do you how do you represent something that's in you know you can't be represented right now um without screwing everything up um and, and so i think it's um i think auto Layout itself is pretty um you know when it's running is is uh, well actually from day one auto Layout, when running has been pretty uh, stable, pretty secure, pretty good. Um, it's the whole how you represent that in Interface Builder or, or the Interface Builder part of Xcode that is, that is always a problem. And it's a lot better than it was, but you can still get yourself in a real mess and you do find yourself now and again just sort of highlighting all the constraints, you know, pressing delete and yep. starting again. Yep. Um, but but it, it's it's in going in the right direction. And that side of it works fine, but I, uh, unfortunately I did discover that there was a bug and the bug isn't with auto layout. I don't think. It's in the UI table view itself that um, if you're using, in order to use this um, automatic uh, sizing of cells, you have to set an estimated row height on, on the table, uh, UI table view. And as soon as you set a couple of these properties that you have to set, uh, a bug appears in the UI table view that means you can't um, call any of the, or you can call, but they don't tend to work very well. Um sort of scroll to bottom or scroll to cell uh, methods on the table they just stopped working so because of the nature of what i was doing i needed actually to position the table at the bottom on the last cell not at the first cell um and what i was doing and and it just you know it just wasn't going there now in the end i did find a workaround Uh, it's not brilliant it's um doesn't look great but it's a workaround for now where if you delay you, you put the uh, uh the call within a delay within um, a gcd it sort of can sort itself out but apparently this bug has been around for quite a long time um it's been uh, duped on radar several times um i'll put a link in the show notes to the radar in case you um or the thing on open radar in case you've um uh you, you're coming across it yourself but in you know all of these updates we're getting doesn't seem to be fixed um which is which is sad really because i would have thought that was quite a you know considering that UI table views are probably the heart of iOS, most iOS apps. um, And Apple want people to embrace um, the latest stuff like auto layout, making those sort of things get in the way. uh, You would have hoped they'd have had some quick fixes for those. But um, uh, there we are. I don't think it's been fixed in 8.3. But um, I'm trying to remember if I'd actually tried it in 8.3. Now, how, how did, I'll come back to you on that one.
0: How did you find out about this? Did you did you find it in Stock Overflow or did you know somebody who, you know, one of no, your friends? It was,
1: well, obviously I was doing the normal, okay, I want to um, now go to the bottom cell in the table view. Um, so I'm just going to put the code in for that. And it was just ignoring it. It just wasn't doing anything. And that's the thing. It doesn't fall over. It doesn't crash. It just totally ignores the, um, uh, the calls that are being made um so I did a little bit of research and um uh, I can't remember the exact reasons now I'll put links in the show notes but I found obviously the bug first of all I found on something on Stack Overflow with a link to the open radar and I just had a read of that on radar and then I did find the workaround on Stack Overflow as well but I said it's it's a hack that's really not great as opposed to it being a workaround that makes everything okay again um because it sort of can't seem to stop the table animating as it goes, and it all becomes a bit jittery and everything. So you know, it does get me to the bottom of the table view, but it doesn't get me there nicely. Um, but anyway, that's a that's a different story. So if you are going to use um, uh, the auto sizing on UI table view, and you do need to be uh, have the table view jump around, particularly if you want to go to the bottom or anything, then just be aware. You know, that might be still an issue. Um, which I guess 8.3 has only just been uh, coming into beta, so it could get fixed during the 8.3 cycle. So we can't not saying it won't be, but um, but there we are. But, which brings us on to the fact, John. I can't remember in my time of doing Apple stuff where there have been so many different versions around in beta at the same time of anything as we have right now.
0: What, because of, of Xcode beta and the watch kit and 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 that type of thing, or
1: yeah, because we got. I um, mean, we still got Xcode 6.2 which is at beta 5, and now last week Apple released Xcode 6.3 beta, was it last week, or mm-hmm. before I can't oh, remember. week. Um, and obviously 8.2, iOS 8.2 is still in beta, um, and 8.3 has gone into beta even before 8.2 is out. Um, uh, and so it's... Um, it's all a bit crazy, really, out there. I don't know what to do? I did try. Have you tried Xcode six point three? I have, and
0: it's it's nice. And, and that's kind of the other kind of issue that you have is that you, then you have to remember that you know you get used to using it, and I find it reasonably stable and good and wonderful. But uh, then when it comes time to submitting your app, even for distribution through through Apple Test Flight, you know you you say, oh no, sorry, you can't do it because you can't even do a beta release of your software with the beta release of Xcode, kind of. Right.
1: No, that's our biggest issue. And obviously, um, the application I'm writing, I'm writing in Swift. Now, in Xcode 6.3, it moved to Swift 1.2, which has some breaking changes in the language. Apple always said at WWDC last year that um, they would maintain binary compatibility in Swift, but not necessarily code compatibility as they work the language out. Well, they've. Um, made good on that they've promise. They've kept their promise. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and uh, I mean, in fairness, every change they're making to the language, I think, is sensible. Um, they're making working with optionals a little easier, which is great because um, I, I would say everybody's uh, bugbear, not everybody's, but you know, a big bugbear people have with Swift is is the way you have to handle optionals in the if let all the time, and that's been made a simpler syntax. Um, and I think a lot of people in um, Xcode 6.3 be honest it's got nothing to do with the language i think the fact that you can now have incremental compiles because at the moment in xcode 6.2 um it compiles the whole project every time you build um there's no no incremental compilation with swift um but of course um we're sat here we're not in we're not going to beta yet but we will do soon and you can't submit um as you said test flight builds even from a beta version of Xcode, which I think, I can understand not being able to release to the App Store, but not being able to release to beta on a beta version, that's, um, I'm, I'm, I think that's not right, personally, I think, is my initial reaction there, um, which means, of course, we can't go to 6.3 because swift the Swift code we have from 6.2 doesn't compile in 6.3 unless we make the conversions to it, uh, to the Swift 1.2, and if we make the Swift conversions to Swift 1.2, we can't then go back to Xcode 6.2 to make any submissions. Um, So here we are trying to be leading edge and lead um, on uh, with the new language and get apps out there and do stuff And Apple's very um, policies uh, stopping us right now. Because if we could release betas in 6.3, I think we would probably go for it because our our chance of final release before 6.3 becomes out, which you've got to think 6.3 will be out before DubDub, don't you really?
0: I would hope so. Um,
1: Which is only a few months away. Uh, four or five months away because you'd expect to see maybe 6-4 at dub double or something i don't know um so it's you know we're unable to 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 go and take advantage of it which is a bit of a bit of a crappy really
0: so you know you're on the bleeding edge i'm on the blunt handle and waving at you with a with a snarky smile
1: yeah so you're using the sort of um vulnerable objective c did um, you say vulnerable
0: or venable? <laughs> venerable venerable <laughs>
1: In fact, I think I slurred my word between the two. Mm. So it's the the venerable, vulnerable Egyptive c uh, which I still like, although I have to say after using Swift, there are bits of Swift I don't, you know, it's a bit of a pain. But I think actually my pain is more to do with Xcode just doesn't support it well enough yet. Um, But, you know, I I go back to some Objective-C code sometimes and it just is, I find it quite hard to read again. Hmm. um and it's and and i'm sure it's just familiarity i think um i think our brains i don't know someone's got to tell me who understands this stuff you know i think our brains work a lot with just pattern matching and i think that's why we all get so fussy about how code is laid out because when we look at some code uh, i think we're not really reading every character we're pattern matching in our in our brains to to be able to read this stuff quickly um and, and hence why if you someone puts the curly brace on the end of the line instead of a new line or the opposite way around depending on what you do, you, the code just feels so much harder to read to you when it shouldn't do because those patterns have changed. And I think it's you get used to after sort of six weeks or whatever it is looking at Swift code, it's suddenly the patterns you see in Objective-C code are totally different and it just means you have to really focus on what you're reading as opposed to it just making sense. And I think, that, I think that's the main problem. That will be my psychoanalytic uh, view of the world anyway.
0: Yeah, lay back tell me about your father yeah
1: (laughs) well it's not to do with my grandfather (laughs) um i was born a slug in 1642 (laughs) um something like that so yes so there you are you're working on objective c and get to play with 6.3 um so uh, because i haven't really had a chance to do um 6.3 6.3 because of the language. Is it more stable? Do you get less source, source kit crashes? Because that's my biggest bugbear with, um, Mexico, is source kit crashes.
0: Uh, I have, I, it's hard to see whether they're less. I just, I, I, it just feels like I have to, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. I think it's, it's, it's more stable on, on, on all.
1: Good. Good. So it's, um, and it was interesting that, um, I tell me if I'm wrong, John, but for a while, didn't Apple, when they shipped the Xcode betas, name the um, the app binary file differently, something different, so that you could have three or four Multiple. different ones installed at the same time. I
0: I'm glad I'm not the only one who noticed that. Uh, yeah, I believe they did, and now it, it, it's a little bit trickier to to, yeah, you, know, you, you basically you can't can do it production. though. Well, of course you can, but it's
1: you know, you've just got to make sure that you don't. Um, if you rename the app, the .app file before the first time you open it, you can run them side by side. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you just um, uh, drag um, it from the DMG onto your disk and then rename it to Xcode 6.3 and then open it, it will run alongside 6.2 fine because it won't overwrite anything. And but once you've run it once, it's written all of the um, the folders it needs, and you can't right. rename it at that point. So you have to do it before you run it. Um, so it does work, but I mean, I don't understand why they don't, especially if they're going to have multiple betas available at the same time. Um, there we are. So there we go. Well, so, but is there anything anything amazing in it we should know about? I don't think so. There we are. Because, was really well, I, mean, exciting, I wasn't it? Yeah, there we go.
0: No, it, it is your it is your path to to, to watch kit though, to, the, and and modern Swift, but one that you can't use. <laughs>
1: <So>. That's right. <laughs> I guess. Do you think we're going to see a rapid release cycle? Um, I mean, uh, six point two must go, must go production. Um, no, six point two's got watch kit in as well, hasn't it? So six point not going to go production until or gold master until at least the watch is out. Now I have no idea what the date for that is. I've not been following the, the blogs or anything. So, um, so I wonder what the. Do you think? Is 6.3 mainly about getting Swift 1.2 out there? Is it about getting more watch kit improvements out there? In which case... No, I, didn't, I, think, I, I think... Make it a beta it, 6 or something? I think it's
0: for Swift. and only. I mean, I think that's the main reason for it. It's the only justifiable reason for it. Okay. I mean, Apple... Yeah. Those, poor Apple has so many, you know, balls in the air. <laughs> that didn't sound bad. But it, I think it's true. I mean, up here, now that we're on the, the complaint wagon... Uh, i about had a heart attack yesterday after i mean rather last week after we, we our release was shipping and then one of our, our our internal folks like saying the app crashes on launch it crashes on launch it crashes on launch i'm like going fuck ah. and 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 you know she's in palo alto so i said just you know when you're next in the office you know i will hook it up and 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 in you know, consult the, the, the chicken entrails and have a look. And so, you know, thank God for this IOS console app, which is really good. If you haven't used it, I I, I put a link in the show notes before, but it is a very useful app that...
1: Yeah, we'll we'll put base- it in again if you send it to me. Yeah.
0: And uh, anyway, so I'm looking through the, the, the log messages, and this one was having to do with MapKit, and it was unable to load the, the styles, um, because as, as people have probably noticed, MapKit had lots of different map styles uh, for when it's late at night, in addition to how many kind of points of interest or how detailed the street is, and, and I assume it's controlled since, you know, MapKit is all vector, I assume it's controlled with something, you know, akin to CSS. And so in the console, it's saying, you know, uh-oh, we got a big problem here, and, and, and check to see if this is a radar issue, blah, 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 so it's obviously something that people are aware of at Apple, uh, but was not, um, uh, whatever, has not been fixed yet. And the, and the symptom of it is like, okay, great, our app crashes on that, but this is a map-related thing. I wonder what happens if I launch Apple Maps. Boom. Dead. Dead on, on, on launch. Let's try some other apps that are known to use Maps. Starbucks app. Boom. Die. So basically, any app on, on this person's phone, and I had no reason no idea why, but basically there was something wrong with the, the MapKit framework, as the best I can tell. So anything that uses happens to use this MapKit, which is quite a number of apps, just falls over and dies and, and couldn't be fixed or was is not fixed with a normal kind of uh, upgrade to whatever, uh, 8.2. I guess that's the, the current release of, of, of iOS 8. Um, and uh, so I have no idea. And so I w- it was at this moment in the back of my mind that I'm thinking, ah, now I can somewhat say what, you know, agree with what people say about Apple kind of having this walled garden where it's difficult to, to kind of, you know, have deeper control over what it is. Because my assumption is is that somewhere, if you could replace the framework, it would solve the problem. And yeah, I wouldn't expect anybody but but a super nerd to know how to do it. But at least you'd have the opportunity to do it now. As far as I can tell, the only way to, to fix this problem is to basically, you know, back up your phone, blow it away, completely reset it from to factory settings, and, and install from scratch, which is, you know, not a very happy situation. And this is this was not, you know, in a beta release of, of the OS. This is a production problem. And it was like one more thing. It's like, mm, Apple does have a QA problem right now. And it's it's just because they have so much going on. How could they possibly keep up? But anyway, enough of our yep. rants.
1: There we are. we said. Uh, apologies for the background noise. I've got construction going on here, and the um, builder has just decided to uh, fire up the stone grinder uh, just outside my office. So, um if you can hear it, that's, uh, I think that's stone lintels being cut.
0: Well, why don't you yell at him and say, "Look, we're no longer in the Middle Ages. We live in modern houses with cheap construction. Stop making noise."
1: Yes, no, actually, this is a this is a lintel to go over a new door I'm putting in. So actually, we've got to support two stories and an attic of the house above me. So I think I'll I think I'll stick with stone as opposed to the polystyrene version. All right. Um Okay, so we, a couple of weeks ago, John, we were talking about analytics um, and you were sharing how adjust um, are the people who do the analytics for um, uh, Findery. Mm-hmm. Sorry, my head is going blank there. Now, um, they released a report last week or a couple of weeks ago about app zombies in the app store. Uh, it's not, I have to say, it's not a term I'd heard before. Uh, maybe it's just because I don't really pay a lot of attention to what's going on in the world. Um but basically, I, a, a zombie under their definition is um, an application that spends less than one third of its time in a chart of some form. So, you know, it's not in the game chart or the productivity chart or the overall chart or the most downloads free apps or anything. You know, it doesn't appear in a single chart for at least two thirds of its life, uh, you know, two thirds of that month or whatever month is being recorded with it. Um which you would probably guess is most apps. Yeah. And, um, okay, so I want you to help me out here, John, to, 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 to tell me if I'm being an idiot, and of course there's some relevance to this report, or is this just basic math and they didn't really need to write the 25 pages or whatever it was they wrote. Okay, it says that during 2014, so from 1st of Jan 2014 to 1st of Jan 2015, The number of zombies apps in the app store rose from 74% to 83%. So an increase of, uh, what's that, 9%. Um, Now, I sat there and went, duh, it's, you know, I do not believe, Apple haven't introduced any new categories or any new charts during 2014, as far as I know, did they? No. So surely... That means there are a finite number of um, chart positions in the App Store, across all the categories, across all the the things. And therefore, if there are a finite number of uh, chart positions, and yet the number of apps that you are putting into the App Store is continually growing, then... It shouldn't be anything other than, um, than normal, not surprising in any way at all, that that number grows. Or am I just being, am I missing the point? Uh,
0: I don't think that I, I, I agree that that is the case. I just think it's one more kind of uh, point that, that that needs to be made, that because of the, the finite number of positions that you have and the finite number of apps that they can feature or, or make into whatever editor's choice or in any way kind of make visible through normal browsing, um, yeah, that that then you cannot rely on Apple to do it for you. There was there was this thing I don't I'm, I'm sure you noticed it or maybe not, but uh, uh, Pinboard is is uh, getting into the game of 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 surfacing apps, which I think is very nice because that's you know, mm-hmm. sorry, not Pinboard Pinterest. You know that's what people use to kind of make collections of things that they find interesting that are expressive of their own. You know, whatever, and uh, apps are are as much as them as as let's say your choice of bathroom wallpaper. Um, so I, I think that that you know that it seems that Apple is trying to, to make some move towards, uh, you know, not not blocking not being the blocking factor in people being able to 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 discover apps through browsing and i i would welcome that because it is a huge problem it's like you know and and i think that yes there's a sheer numbers game because there are so many apps and you basically you know with any with any large set of anything there's a a a, you know enormous volume of crap but even but by the same token given the number i think that there's you know a far larger number of, let, let's say, quality apps for some definition of quality, but one that I think, you know, where they actually did put effort into the design, actually put effort into the, the testing and, and, and the, the QA, um, that, you know, lay in, in relative obscurity because people can't find them in any way. And I don't think Apple is in the position to be able to uh, make them discoverable on their own.
1: Well, I think there is a problem now that I think the, we all agree that the search abilities on the App Store are pathetic, they're not even. They're not just bad. They are pathetic. Um, based on you know, you could put an app's actual name in, and it still doesn't appear in the first page of results. I mean, that's you know, it's it's just you know, it's it's unexcusable. And to be honest, Apple should be totally ashamed of that they haven't fixed that after all this time. Unless you know, they're purposely not fixing it because they don't want the App Store to work that way. In which case, they should explain. Um, the rationale behind the app store searching that help us all understand that so that we can stop bitching about it. Um, So, yeah, I think uh, the fact... It shouldn't be an an issue to be a zombie because I I don't... You know, a blog... Okay, although actually there were a couple of blog posts this week saying how Google search is changing as well and it's becoming harder and harder to find things, so maybe this isn't true. Um, But really before, you know, a blog post didn't have to chart or be mentioned here or there. You could find blog posts on certain subjects really by just typing in relevant text and they would be found on Google before, although apparently that's changing, so maybe, say, not a good example. So really the problem is the fact that zombies are a problem because they shouldn't be a problem. With proper searching, zombies shouldn't be a problem. Um, it could because you should be able to find all things. Now, just one interesting piece of information: if you are looking for an app idea and you are worried about zombies, apparently the app um, genre with the least number of zombies is weather apps. Okay, if you wow. buy, if you do a weather app, you are only <laughs> likely to only fifty percent of the weather apps in the store are zombies, compared to eighty-two percent of entertainment apps. So. Uh, there we are. There, apparently, at the end of January, there were beginning of January there were seven thousand nine hundred and ninety-two weather apps in the store, of which only four thousand and five were zombies. So there you are. If you want to uh, not be a zombie, your odds are better if you just produce a weather app.
0: You just have to compete uh, with yeah. something that that is bundled with, with Apple. <laughs> well, a that's fun. compared
1: to competing with three hundred thirty-six thousand five hundred thirty-nine entertainment apps. So yeah, 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 it's it's all relative, isn't it? So there we go. Yeah. Right, well, John, we probably ought to wrap that up in a minute, but maybe just need to have a, a brief chat because it's been mentioned on a couple of other podcasts, but not this one. That um, next month is Ennis Conference, and it's going to be the last one.
0: Boo hoo! It is a very sad thing, Mister Scotty. You are causing you know that that, that the rising tide of, of salty tears the world over is 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 causing problems in coastal cities. Everybody thought that that climate change was was you know to blame but it's really it's it's the collective sadness over ns conference having its final year this year no
1: Do you know uh, um, let's take a minute and i'll explain myself i was going to write a blog post but you know what my blogging's like it's never going to happen so let, let, let's make this the official the official, the, response. the official confessional unless i screw up and don't like what i've said in which case i'll edit it out and write a blog post um <laughs> where i can think more about what i'm saying NS Conference started in 2009. This year is NS Conference 7. We've actually run it eight times because in 2010 we ran it twice. Uh, we ran it in the UK and in America, but um, they both come under NS Conference 2. Um, and when we started, I believe, uh, the only conferences that covered the subject were dedicated to the subject of um, iOS or um, OS ten development, as it was at the time, uh, was obviously WWDC. Uh, C4 I think had done two years at that point and there was a conference in Germany called Makun which was in German so therefore not really available to to most of the world uh, and the whole point of Ennis conference was to provide an opportunity for learning together. Um, of course. Also, in 2009, the whole landscape of information was different. I mean, there is so much information on the web now, um, and even though by 2009 it was getting better, and blogs like Cocoa with Love had started, which no longer exists, um, and uh, there were other blogs rising up. It's still, you know, there was genuine value in in um, conference presentations, uh, I, I believe, and, and so, that. so if we look at the landscape now. Um, I was to think I was just listening to. It might have been the release notes podcast. If it's not, um, if it wasn't you, Charles, then I do apologise for misquoting you. And um, yeah, yeah, I think you know he was saying like, oh, last year, you know, he went to seven conferences. He had to limit himself to seven. So this wasn't there were seven to go to. He limited himself to seven. Um, all in the US. There are just conferences absolutely everywhere now. They're the, um, you know, It's not like there is nothing for people to do anymore.
0: They um, are the fart apps of the Greek world, of yeah. the geek world. And,
1: and actually, yeah, probably. Um, no, I don't... The thing is, I'm not... I've, I've, I mean, I think there are a few big corporate conferences that are crap, but I think on the whole, all of these, what I like about these are, is most of these conferences are small community-led conferences, which is what NS Conference was and is um, and it's brilliant I, you know, I don't find that a problem at all it's brilliant however you know um, when people like Charles who are avid conference goers are saying I'm going to limit you know I'm going to limit myself to seven or I might cut down to five this year because of the economy and there are 45 conferences uh, the very act of being a conference um, organizer means you have to get your shit together and become a salesperson about it and whatever else. And I, that's never what I was intending to do with his conference. And conference was supposed to be um, uh, an opportunity to, you know, to just gather together and, and just hang out and, and, and to, to, to chill um, and, and do this stuff. And, you know, I don't want to have to sit down every year and work out the sales and marketing strategy and the advertising strategy in order to make sure that the thing doesn't cost me my house effectively because when conferences yeah. you know conferences are not cheap um you know the outlay on ns conferences in the hundreds of thousands of dollars um and if it all screwed up and you know went wrong in any year it would you know it would be a serious dent in my future um yeah it, it, i don't think it's at the stage anymore that it will cost me my house that has been in the past when it was being established um and so i just think really it served the job that i set it up to do um and uh, I was very careful when I said it's this, this year's last year of Ennis Conference in its current form because I'm going to take the opportunity to not feel the obligation of running Ennis Conference next year and to sit down for a little while and say, okay, um, Ennis Conference served a need that was there at the time it was started, uh, which many others are now serving the need as well and some better. Um, what needs are out there now that we can look at serving? And, and taking, you know, how can we reinvent, um, you know, something new or uh, invent something new or reinvent something old in order to to fit where we are now in 2015 or 2016 as it'll be by then, um, as opposed to just churn out the same things again because this is what we've done for seven years. So we're not saying we're not going to do anything next year. What we're saying is we're not going to do any conferences. Everybody knows it next year. Um, we're also not committing to anything next year, and that's got me really excited because I love looking at new things and trying to invent new things and, and establish new things. And for me, it's always been about the community. And, um, uh, you know, Ennis Conference over the last few years has gone the way of many conferences when, you know, many, many have gone this way that, you know, the technical talks are now uh, less of it, probably about a third of it. And then we have inspirational talks. We've had business talks, some conferences, some conferences. Uh, like um, singleton which closed last year you know they've gone totally non-technical talks and whatever and and i think you know that's really good because the technical stuff we can get off stack overflow and blog posts and whatever else so yeah so that's the reason it's the opportunity to explore and i don't i when sat down and looked at it it's not that we were not you know going to do okay this year there's going to be a good number of people there i don't think we're going to sell out we might come close, but, you know, there's going to be a good number of people. It's not that like this year is terrible or anything, and therefore it's, there. it's just a case of, you know, I didn't do this to have to be a big salesman and business person about this to to justify its existence. And so maybe it's time to find something fresh and move on and uh, and do something exciting and, and new. Um, and maybe smaller and maybe a little bit more intimate and maybe no talks or whatever else. So, yeah, that's uh, Watch This Space.
0: I can just see it now. We'll all be gathered in your living room just to, 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 to bask in the, the loving embrace of, of Baba Scotty.
1: <laughs> do you know what, John? If that's what it takes, then that's what we'll do. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm fine starting small with stuff. I mean, this conference isn't huge now. It's only about 300 people. But, you know, it's, uh, you know um, the first one was about 70 people, um, you know, You know, things sometimes need to start small to find their feet. So, there we are. So, there we are. That's my official explanation. Now, I hope that's um, uh, everybody's well, I don't care if you're happy with it or not, to be honest. It's, you know, Um, the point is you can go set up your own conference, as many people do, and they do it very, very well. So, there we go. Right, John, it's been a pleasure speaking with you again this week.
0: As always, I'm sorry that we missed last week, and I'm very happy we made it up this week.
1: Well, we missed last week because I didn't know what day it was. (laughs) Okay. it's that simple I'm not going to tell you if I was drunk or in a coma (laughs) or whatever else I just had no idea it was Tuesday which is our recording day Um, but fortunately I was so far behind in editing um, the week before show uh, that it only came out on the Monday I think so if I can get this show up together quickly um, and put it out people won't even think we've missed a week and it'll be like this glitch a couple of weeks ago that they can't explain because we never spoke about it
0: okay well (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we that's
1: should the have put anyway. our shut. Yes, I could edit that, bit out, but that would require work. So there we go. Right, John, tell people where they can find you. Well, you can
0: find me on Findery as John Fox, and you can find me on the Twitters as Jembe, that's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. And you can find out all about my product Memory Miner at Memoryminer.com.
1: And my name is Scotty, and you can find me on Twitter as MacDevNet. You can find the show notes for this show at iDeveloper.co, where you can also subscribe to receive them by... Email, which is by far the best way to receive them. If you'd like to join us at the very last NS conference, there are some tickets left. Go to nsconference.com, come and uh, party, party the conference away, shall we say? It's been a pleasure, John. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Until next time, you take care.
0: I'm going to go